live in three, two, one, and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And I got to tell you what a treat we have for you tonight. I've known our guest tonight for over 30 years, which is horrifying to say out loud, but it's true. And we're both still walking this planet. I, I consider him one of my best friends uh, and one of the funnest guys I know. And he's super smart. And I love that combination of uh, fun and smart. So please uh, give a warm, no outlet welcome to Russ Pelham. How are you, Russ? I'm very well. Excellent. Oh, hey, it's, it's good to have you on, buddy. All right. So we're going to play a game. Uh, it's called 20 Questions. And we start that game with question number one. Question number one, do you believe in love at first sight? Uh, yeah, I absolutely believe that people fall in love with somebody the first time they see them. And I think that that love is superficial, right? <clears throat> yep. But uh, I think that that, uh, that that exists. You know, I've certainly felt my, that way myself a few times. And uh would say that after some period of time that that what I would almost refer to as lost yeah uh tempered right <clears throat> but uh I could definitely see how that could be a defined phenomenon that everybody experiences once in life yeah that's a great answer and I I think the the lust part is I was going to ask a follow-up question if you felt like it was more of a physical attraction to start with. And, and the whole idea, right, is, is that initial physical reaction, regardless of why or how intense, over time, there better be something else there. Because if there's nothing else there, then to your point, that's going to fade and and, uh, and and the ship crashes on the rocks, right? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> right on, we all have our vision of a, of a perfect mate, right? And when you say love at first sight, you know, assuming um, that is that, first vision, um, or even, I guess, the first virtual impression, you can see, wow, this person just comes across great. It's almost like interviewing somebody that first time and you walk away and you got to remember right. sometimes, yeah. sometimes what you see is not what you get. <clears throat> that is um, so, oh my yeah. God. So is that, is that in a job interview, you mean? Right, right. I can't tell you how many times you look at somebody and it's, it's you know, just it's, it's too good to be true. It, it really is. And so many times people interview well, and I almost feel sometimes I've interviewed too well, and I walk out of there, and it's like, geez, and I almost saw I don't, you know, overdid it. Like gonna, <laughs> there's something just crazy with me, yeah. you know? So I've got to start out an interview with, you know, uh, no drama. And I like to almost, you know, always insert that. It's as much passion as you see here, there's no drama along with it. But yeah, anyways, we, di we digress. No, I like that. Um, next question. What is the fastest that you have ever driven on a motorcycle? On a motorcycle? Specifically a two-wheeled vehicle. No, you're a motorcycle enthusiast. Um, and, and so I'm wondering, how fast have you ever gone on one? On a motorcycle. Well, you know me, I love to qualify questions. I do. Because um, I do dirt bikes and street bikes uh, with passion. Yep. But I guess the top speed would absolutely be on a street bike, uh, probably somewhere over 110. Holy. Not much more. 
Oh my God, that gave me, literally when you said that, my whole blood just went, whoop, went ice cold. <clears throat> you still uh, there? Yeah. yeah, okay. For a short stretch, right? I mean, I uh, maintained speeds close to that in a truck in a long period of time. I got clocked at 58 last night skiing even. Nice. Uh, that was a, I think that was a, not a personal record, but certainly one on the books. Um where I had an official time. Anyways. No, here's what I can tell you about you and speed. So again, I've known you for a long time. There have been many, many occasions when I've been with you and the speed at which you're doing something, anything, um, sometimes makes me anxious. But I can tell you, I've never really seen you in a situation where you've brought anything up to a certain speed without having complete control over it. I think you understand the limits um, of your ability to operate a vehicle before you bring it to that point. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's important. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's now, important. always mechanical functions or in skiing, there's a bit more risk. You know, I'd say skiing at speeds is probably one of the riskier things because it's such an uh, un... Um, unforgiving terrain you know you can easily catch an edge and be and go down quicker we're on a dirt bike doing 50 60 miles an hour in the woods i got a lot of suspension i got a lot more padding um the street bike's built for that so right um yeah you can always have a mechanical failure that screws up all the best intentions of uh, and, and you know and best skill sets of, of any rider yeah hey next so, question yeah, <clears throat> I, 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 yeah, you're, you're, you're a speed guy. I like that. I'm not, but that's okay. Um, hey, so I'd like you to do me a favor and. Uh, I've heard you whimper in the, in the past. <laughs> oh, guilty. Guilty. Oh, recently, <laughs> within the last couple of years, uh, for sure. Um, All right, next question. Next question. Please spell the word bulkies. <laughs> Bookies? Well, you know, like a bulky roll, but plural, bulkies. Well, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of experience now writing that in my in my dreams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I'll tell a quick story. Please. In college, uh, love to be an entrepreneur minded person, and uh, we live near the ski near the mountains. Uh, ski resorts, which charged an arm and a leg for lunch. Yep. And and we had a big college uh, community that, that went skiing and drove by this road. And so I uh, I convinced somebody that had an, an empty parking lot to let me set up a um, basically a roadside food stand. And I had all the best intentions. I went out and, and bought like fifty dollars worth of meat and 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 bulky rolls uh, and and you know a candy bar and a soda. And I set up a sign that said that was supposed to say. Uh, bulky roll sandwiches with a soda and a and chips and a and a candy bar for six ninety nine or you know seven dollars whatever it was. But I spelled bulky I spelled bulky wrong. Bulky. Uh, so in my in my in my head and uh, figure out why nobody was stopping. I realized it was partly because I, I couldn't spell words very well. They, they figured my sandwiches weren't weren't any better. Oh God. Um, but the, the fraternity ate well that afternoon. We get back from a uh, day of no, 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 no sandwich sales. 
Oh my God. That was, I got to tell you what, that's one of my favorite all time Russ stories right there. All right. Next question. Do you think you're a parent just like I am? Um, your kids are a little bit younger than mine, but a general question now that you've been a parent and you've been a kid, um, do you think that it's more difficult to be a parent now? Or do you think it was more difficult to be a parent when we were kids? Uh, well, I mean, I have a lot more time and effort invested um, than the parents that I knew in my generation, right? Interesting, um, yep. I, I would say it's harder now. There's a lot of things that make it easier. Um, there's a lot of technology that I love because I can track where my daughter is or if my kid is driving too fast. Uh, that's you, Justin, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> you know, for the wrong of things, but Jesus, it's, it's expensive now, you know? I pay $4,000 $4, a year in phones, uh, you know, alone, let alone another $3,000 in cable and, and TV. Right. Uh, to su- just to support kids, you know? So yeah. it's expensive. My parents didn't have that kind of, uh, you know, expenditure. So it's hard from a financial perspective, and it's it's hard to bring kids up these days. A lot harder back then than we're nearly the influences. So yeah, I think you'd agree with me. Now it's harder now, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of and, and honestly, it's harder for you. My 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 kids were just at the tail end of the digital technology onslaught of social media and all that stuff. Like, you know, by the time. By the time it was really seriously omnipresent in a kid's life, they were kind of already adults. So I, I missed, <clears throat> I missed, I think, the hardest part of what's happening now as a parent, and that's you can't keep in front. Like when we were kids, if if your parents didn't want you to talk on the phone, th- there's an easy way to turn that phone off, right? Easy. And guess what? Then you're out. There's no other communication. There isn't a lifeline. There's no other way to do it. <clears throat> now, I mean... In theory, you could take somebody's phone, but they can go online, they can find a different application, and they're so far ahead of parents now. The, our parents, at least my parents, were way ahead of me in terms of what, you know, what shortcut I was going to try to take. Now, the kids are freaking light years ahead of the parents. It, it, it's not even theory. I've had Justin come and borrow the phone, you know, because we upgrade all the time. We've got, you know, four users five users in my house, I should say, yep. plus my other six phones are around every year that get re- re- updated. And so we had one, um, you know, kicking around and, and Justin came and asked for him, like, what do you want this for? I think the brick. Um, and he, he confided to me that his buddy, uh, we, well, I won't drop any names, so I say here. Uh, <laughs> but he pulled out the SIM card, you know, at the last moment, gave the phone with the chassis to his mother, plugged the SIM card into this phone that we let him borrow, for the two weeks and he was up and going he, his mother had no idea so yeah yeah that stuff send them to the room to your room that's hilarious yeah you uh, did. they got a computer phone and, you're dealing with jason Bourne. yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah you know they just got all the tricks all right next question um we both got great we both yeah you know what so that's I, worth saying i agree good yeah. kids are all around we got yeah, we got lucky good kids i'm sure it's even harder um, when you have kids that are, you know, just constantly making bad decisions, you know, and, right. and, and just constantly. And so certainly we, we have that in our lives, but uh, shout out to, to both of us ending up with, with well-rounded fam, you know, the children under us. Here, here. I, I agree with that. And on that, since we're on that topic, I'll ask, I'll go ahead a little bit out of order and ask this question. How on earth 
did you get such an amazingly understanding, nice and kind wife? Uh, my first wife or my, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I've got one only. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I will say that, you know, we've, uh, I, I've made a lot of, uh, uh, marriage jokes over the years. You know, there's a lot of great ones out there. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I've been blessed with a woman who's put up with me for going on 30 something years now. Yeah. Uh, dated me for basically nine and uh yeah so uh i wish i had the answer i i, I will say I, I i was choosy i picked a i picked a good soul to begin with um i knew that she came from really good uh solid background that i was that i didn't have and so it aligned very well you talk about love at first sight and there certainly was some of that for me yep um you know and and ever since you know every yeah. time i wake up it's, it's a day i'm trying to trying to please her so I think that helps, you know, working, working a relationship, compromise, a lot of compromise all around. That yeah, is so to... true. She's, she's good. She is. Well, uh, I, and look, there's, there's a reason why you guys are, you guys are making it work again. You got, you guys are both doing well professionally. You got great kids, you know, I mean, you're both fun to be around. You've got, you know, smart people. So it's not an accident, you know, good people find good people. So, uh, well done. Well done, Mr. Pelham. <clears throat> Um, hey, is your say again? What you got? Can I tell a quick story? Of course. So he asked uh, how I got her. Uh, how I think I'm uh, quite sure what you're. I don't need to how I got her. <laughs> well, no. What I said was how on earth, how on earth did you get such an amazingly understanding wife? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you um, the first. We had um, crossed paths a couple of times. Um, uh, but we were in the basement of 30, 32, yep. uh, at a party. It was, um, 1988, I guess, 87, <clears throat> a big hair, the, the era of big hair. Oh yeah. Uh, with lots of hair spread. And, um, <laughs> I, um, took a lighter and I lit a little bit of my arm hair on fire. Uh, so the smell was percolating the general area and I snuck up, you know, I turned around and I started patting her hair and I said, Oh my <sighs> gosh, you were on fire. And she looked at me like I was crazy, and she looked around and she could see everybody smoking, and she could smell burnt hair. And uh, she immediately looked at me with those big, beautiful eyes and said, without ver words, I think you just saved my life. <laughs> uh, that's from then on, I think I was a hero in her eyes. I think it was that first impression. Oh, my God, that's great. That's a love story. Love in the basement of 32 Russell. I think that's uh, we'll just wonderful. We'll get you anyway. <clears throat> hey, here's a question. Do the ends justify the means? <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Ooh, okay. I like that. That's, 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 it's interesting. I like, explain why. Well, I mean, I guess I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer one of the questions I had for you is, you know, uh, would you, would you kill the Hitler baby? <clears throat> okay. Right? So I think I know your answer to that. So yeah, I would say the ends will justify the means. Uh, now certainly I'm a God-fearing person that, that that tries to follow uh, you know like a, a neighborly way in life. Yep. Uh, I'm not trying to, to imply that there are things that are allowed to get what you want, right? But, right. Uh, for the for the good of the community, 
I try to look at the big picture, and I'd say, yes, sometimes things, bad things have to happen for the good of all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because it's one of those questions where you could point out 10 examples of why it makes sense to say, no, it doesn't. And you could point out 10 examples of why it makes sense to say, yes, it does. And, you know, it's somewhat situational. But I think if you boil it right down to the very last essence of, you know, just bring it down to a math equation, I think I'd have to lean and, and I'm and I'm torn, but I'd have to lean closer to yes. You know, because at the end of the day, it's there are certain things that you just can't empirically count out. Like, you know, if you could eliminate the death of five million people by getting rid of Hitler before that happens, how could you how could you justify not doing it? Right. My questions and if this was a true job, if this was a job interview, I would probably be asking you to, you know, explain what the means were and what the end (laughs) Uh, right, right. So, but I <laughs> make sure I'm engineering around it. But ultimately, yeah, I think people are. I think you gotta you gotta work toward that end goal, and yeah. sometimes along the way, but we all we all learn too. I've learned plenty of things along the way where my it, it hasn't justified at the end, and I did a lot. I spun my wheels, right? Or um, you know, got in a situation where um, I may not have done the best for for a long term relationship. But, yeah. Uh, that shit happens, right? It's so true. Hey, uh, is your cat still alive? <laughs> which, which one? Uh, yeah, actually, the cat you've known. It's, uh, yeah, I had uh, this cat. We actually asked the vet the other day, um, and he said he's been seeing that cat for 15 years. Yeah. I remember um, meeting that cat when it was brand new to your house, and uh, I just always hear stories of how he, he goes out, kills some woodland creature and comes back with like the kidney as a trophy. It just drops the kidney at the door. Had a surgical ability to remove one piece, uh, one organ, and it was the same organ all the time. Right. Um, it, it was a dark black organ, which actually fit very well into the rug. Um, <laughs> so they stepped on it a couple times in the summer, right? And squished it underfoot. Oh my God. Um, Gross. Yes, a surgical, and I think I, I, someone told me it was either the kidney or the liver, it was the one that, that um, probably um, filters out all the bad things. Sure. And, um, and uh, the cat just knew instinctively that that was poison in it or something. Yeah. But it was really weird. And I told my kids once, so the cat's working harder than you. Every day that cat brings me something. <laughs> brings, you know, sometimes it's just a head. Sometimes it's the liver carved out surgically, but come on, guys, you know, pick it up. Get to it. Bring me something. Hey, how many push-ups? You know, how many push-ups can you do in a row? Can we talk about body types and uh, the? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. I'm just curious. Uh, I, you know, I haven't asked. Go ahead. One more than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. I won't hold you to a number. I'm uh, good for 20. Okay. 20. I like 20. 20 is good out of nowhere. All right. Uh, have you ever driven a car in reverse repeatedly smashing into a stone wall until it was about to fall apart? Uh, you, told, you, you told me the questions be ones that I can answer with confidence and uh i will say absolutely i had never done that <laughs> that's fine I, 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 I throw a car forwards 
until until the thing that you were going to describe happened. Oh, you weren't you you weren't going in reverse. I was not that day. Oh my god, I I remember that vividly. Twenty three High Street, right? Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? I don't want to have any insurance adjusters come after me. I think that rock wall was kind of old. Oh yeah, I mean, you know what? I I think we have a. It was a dream we had. It was a dream. Hey. City, right? So I guess it was Twenty Three High Street, Manhattan. Manhattan, exactly. So speaking of uh, <clears throat> that loft in Manhattan uh, on High Street, on a scale of one to ten, how clean was the bathroom there? <laughs> uh, I blocked a lot of that out of my mind. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Eight, and I made it. A, I made it. Uh, it basically my life lesson not to go into those bathrooms. That bathroom. Yeah. I think we had two in that, that loft. And um, we were close enough to other facilities yeah. that um, I, I was the George Costanza of, of Plimpton, um, <laughs> if you know the, the reference. I, I knew where the good bathrooms were. Yeah, and you knew that it wasn't there. You know, and the other thing that you were smart enough to do is you, you again, you're, you met your wonderful wife, you know, at Plymouth, and she had a very nice place with a very clean bathroom. And you were smart enough to realize that I don't have to sleep with these animals and take a shower in that what they're calling a bathroom when there's a lovely lady right over there with a nice bed that's clean and the heat works and we they paid their electric bill and there's a bathroom that doesn't have Ebola all over it so you had that figured out pretty early I had to crawl up to her room um, she was on the second floor I couldn't come in through the main part of the house after midnight yep and her roommates just weren't weren't down with that one of her roommates were actually my cousin uh, my long lost cousin. So I used to have to scale up the side of the building, like stand on the top of the propane tank, you know, which in winter in Plymouth is not an easy thing to do. And pull myself up at the window uh, just to get that refuge away from, from the house. You know what? Uh, well worth it. Memory. Well worth it. Hey, who was your favorite college professor? The one that didn't have an attendance policy. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I like that. I feel that. The name that I remember the most was Anyata Dada. Oh, I remember him too. Holy moly. Marketing research, right? Oh, yeah. He, take, uh, he taught stats using the complete computer, I think, at the time. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yep. There was a lot of new things there that I had. One was being a, a, a gentleman with a deep Indian accent. The other one was, was I can't even say it, statistics. And the third was a computer, you know, this is 1988, 87, and right. um, there wasn't any of that in my life prior, really. Uh, so the, the confluence of those things really caused me to, yeah, I, I took his class, I think, two times, and then I ended up having to drive to um, Nashville one summer every day to take stats at another college. Oh, geez. Get away from any out of data. Hey, you know what? You did it. You persevered. You got through. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, okay, how many Grateful Dead shows have you been to? Oh, um, wow. Again, I got to qualify. Uh, I've been to a lot. I've been in less. Um, so let's I just, let's, like, let's count it as if you were in the parking lot, it counted. If I was in the parking lot, it counted, I'd say probably 25, 30 times, maybe 25, nice. probably about five, I would say. Yeah, that's a, that's a good number. Like, 
<clears throat> I think that's a number that is manageable in terms of people's perception of what that's done to you. I think, you know, if the people that get to like 100, 150 dead shows, you know, you start to question a couple of things. You start to question, okay, what long-term, uh, you know, psychological damage have they done to themselves, A, B? Why would anybody want to do that 150 times? I mean, it's, it's, you're seeing the same thing over and over again. But 25 is a number where it's like, okay, 25, I can see 25 parties over the course of, you know, five to eight years. That's... Well, again, let's qualify. It was probably a much shorter window, but I, in the entrepreneurial spirit, I wasn't there partying as much as we were selling waters. Um, you know, we had uh, a kid, uh, friend of ours in college made some great tie-dyes. Yeah. Um, and we actually hopscotched a lot of shows. There's a lot of shows we didn't go to because me and my buddy Chuck would need a break and we'd stay at a hotel for two or three days and not even go to the parking lot. So there was probably, you know, we were quote unquote on tour for a couple of seasons um, going into a couple of shows, you know, never really buying tickets. People would, would barter, you know, they'd say, I love that shirt, you know, can I give you a ticket? And we would take that. We weren't um, selling anything that made money and, and really usually the ones that sold the most money without getting into drugs, you know? Right. And uh, that, was a, that was a fun time. So, yeah, it wasn't 25 parties. But, uh, I did want to qualify. We were trying to make money as, as a summer, as basically a summer job. Right. So that was our job. Got to paint houses. We were out trying to uh, sell stuff to Grizzles. Right. Being a little grizzle itself. A lot of those Grizzles had money, and they were they were ready to spend it. Oh, oh yeah, they did. They definitely did, you know? Yeah. Um, I did. I probably went into 10... 10 or 15 shows. I probably was out parking lots of a lot more when I think about it. Um, but yeah, good times. You know, I mean, same thing with the Stones. I've been to uh, five or 10 Stone shows inside, but I've been to another 10 in the parking lot. And, and usually then, that was just a party. Um, but yeah, yeah, good times. Music, yeah. music plays a special part of my life. Yeah, same here. Hey, have you ever, have you ever stored and then forgotten about and then found again a bag of pig body parts in the bag of your car that was then turned into a host for millions of maggots? Did you say pig? I said pig. Yeah, the answer to that is no. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, you have to give up one of these forever. One has to go away, right? Um, either skiing or riding motorcycles goes away forever. Which one? I would pick skiing. Yeah. I would pick skiing, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy both of those things, but motorcycles are street and dirt to me. Right. Um, and I, I, I dirt bike with my kids, and I, and I ride motorcycles, uh, street bikes with a very core group of close friends. And skiing's a little bit, I only ski with a couple of people. Um, so motorcycle's a bit more social to me, and uh, I just enjoy it, and I probably can do it longer. Um, yeah. But, well, I think that, uh, that when, you said, when you said skiing, my very first thought was, that makes sense, because at some point in the future, 20, 30 years, who knows how long, you know, you're going to stop probably bombing down a hill at 58 miles an hour, but you could probably still get on some form of a motorcycle and take a nice ride around, right? So um, I, I get that answer for a lot of reasons. Okay. Uh, it's a tough, a tough one. Skiing yeah. It's is, is, uh, difficult, and I enjoy that. You know, there is a bit more to that. I like being out in the cold. 
and challenging myself. So that's a tough one. Good, good question. Thank you. Do you feel like our fraternity invented planks? Uh, the, the yoga move? <laughs> well, sure, you can call it a yoga move or like a CrossFit move, you know, like planks. You know, you get down on your, your toes and your elbows. Might, might also be referred to as bows and toes by some people. I think that was the military, I think that was the U.S. Army or, or somebody along those oh. um, military lines that did that. So we no, can't take no credit part. for that. Okay. Well, no, no. But I'll tell you what, that was good. You know, pledging, people can say what they want about pledging, but pledging was good physical training. I remember when pledging was over, it was like, wow, because you run every night, you're doing a million push ups, you're doing a million planks, you're, you know, you're doing all the physical stuff that you don't expect to do when you think about joining a fraternity. But at least our pledging was very physical in nature. Yeah, yeah. And the physical definitely was um, a great end to the means, as you asked earlier. There, there was go. a lot of benefits to, to, to pledging that I saw, um, and, you know, from physical to mental across the board. There's a lot of um, things from the outside that, that would definitely seem like a challenge that the people shouldn't be made to do. And from a physical perspective, I think I, I think I jogged around campus at one point with a, with a tire around my shoulder, you know, like a... Stuff like that, you know. It's like people say, "Oh, you're you're being happy to do something you shouldn't do." But I'll tell you, at the end of the night, carrying that tire around as a group of people um, was a bonding experience. You know, we took right. turns and we laughed about it. We made jokes about people. Uh, you know, at the end of the night, we had a good time. But yeah, there was some bows and toes in there for sure. It's all about how you handle situations you put yourself into. That's all. Yeah, remember yeah. Beat State? I remember Beat State. Sure. That's right. I'll never forget that. I was like, what? We're not playing football? I was, I was looking forward to playing football. Um, hey, have you ever competed in a high-stakes belly flop competition in front of hundreds of people? And if so, if the answer to that question is yes, how did you do? Um, how many questions are we on? <laughs> we're, 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 we're down to the last five, sir. I won the Penrod Belly Flop Championship. It yes, was you did. one of the greatest moments, and then immediately following one of the lowest moments of my life. And so, should I tell the story in, in PG form? And you can tell the story in any form you want. This is, this is your belly flop story, not mine. It, it really is just a PG story at the end of the day, but we had driven, we had the Plymouth State uh, rugby team was playing a tournament in Florida, and they all flew down, and, and we piled into a car and drove down to Florida, uh, me and a couple crazy buddies, and um, uh, got down there, and um, we're underage, but um, we were smart enough to know that, or, or recognize that really to just the people that were of age going to stamp on their hands. So we went out, we got a Sharpie, a fine tooth Sharpie, and we, we recreated a stamp on our hands. Um, or, you know, if it was, if the guy at the bartender was a, was a real drunk, or the door guy, you know, wasn't paying attention, we just take the stamp when it was wet and roll it onto our hand, you know, so it was backwards, but uh, it counted. We got in and out of bars all the time. And so we were in Penrod, and they had a belly flop champion, and I get um, egged on to, to do it. But there are some serious dudes there. I was still... And, you know, I've always been in, you know, not outrageous shape like these dudes were, uh, making big waves. But because there are so many people, I made it to the final round. 
Um, and we were just jumping off this little um, uh, box, uh, you know, platform at the end of the pool. And while this was going on, they also had the bikini contest. You know, people skin to win, and there's, you know, there's just pe- craziness, crazy, just insane uh, 1980s um, environment. And so I convinced my two buddies, I said, the only way I'm going to win this is by going big. So we went to the back where Penrod has a seawall, which is about seven, six feet tall, at least, and there's a big glass wall to prevent storm from smashing into their resort, uh, you know, in the back. Yeah. And so I got it sharp at the top. I got them to throw a towel up over it, and then I jumped <laughs> on their shoulders, and then I stood up. When the guy was ready to call my name, I could tell, you know, Rook. Uh, you know, they called me up, Barney, Barney Trouble, Barney Trouble, it's your time to jump, where are you, you're not here, you're going to get disqualified, and yell, I'm over here, I'm over here, and I stood up on the seawall, balanced for my life, I, you know, luckily I didn't look back, because it was a 15, 20 foot fall with the sand, holy and shit, and I jumped for life, and, and, and just threw it all out there, now, this was the 80s, there was a, a couple, um, you know, the cameras, like the disc camera, you know, you didn't have digital. You didn't oh, even yeah. know if you got the picture. Um, somebody took a picture of that, and I could, you know, maybe someday we'll post in the right place that picture. And it's it is just classic '80s. You can actually see the guy that, that almost won in front of me, and he's just, you know, this big old, just a disgusting piece of, of body work. Um, <laughs> and then I I come up with places of roughing. The yeah. place is just going nuts because I just jump off the seawall. Literally, it was a good 10, 10, you know, eight feet in the air. The picture's got me eight feet in the air at least, um, landing full on belly. I was arched. I had writing on my stomach. Uh, Plymouth State was number eight on Playboy's um, party school. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Eight, eight in the nation. That's I right. had number eight PSC written in. Um, uh, what's that stuff you put on your lips? You know what I mean? Uh, Carmex or yeah. Zinca? Zinc? Yeah. 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 And you could be right. Uh, I had, a, I had a, a, a swim cap on, which was a classic, classic picture. This kid caught it, caught me in the air. Um, I get the water, I land, I come up, the faces erupted. The bikini girl's there. They put me up on stage. The bikini girl's dancing around me. They give me this cup that's filled with condoms and t shirts and, you know, everybody. <laughs> The MC is just going nuts. Never seen that. Never seen that. Basically, the guy in security could see that my thing on the hand was just a sharpie, and he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck. And and the next thing I knew, there was three guys throwing me out into the um, back alley of the place. They threw out the champ. That is bullshit. And my buddies, my buddies on there, and they party for the next three or four hours. They try to get back in. Like I ran around the front. I was gonna outrun these guys, you know, and I tried to get them. They already there waiting for me. My buddy's like, "Where'd you go? Where'd you go?" They thought I was hooking up with the bikini girl. Um, they were drinking and just partying for the next couple of hours, and I went from the top of the podium to the alleyway in the in the course of five minutes. Damn, it was pretty. It was a crazy day. Real yeah. quick, I'll tell you. So Playboy was in town a couple weeks later, and they were um, taking. They were uh, getting pictures for. For the, the issue eight in the nation. Yeah. Um, somebody told this guy, uh, he was like a famous uh, Chinese photographer for a Playboy at the time, um, about this picture. And he's like, if I if you get me this picture, I will put it in the paper, um, in the magazine. So we, we didn't even know it was, um, we didn't even know we had it yet. So we went and um, we, we developed the film, and there was the picture. 
belly flop picture that I it was just classic to this day. Um, and we didn't have the money to pay for the whole thing. So one of my buddies distracted the lady, and my other buddy pocketed the picture. And then he gave her back the other 31 <laughs> pictures or whatever. But uh, we'll come back. And, but, of course, we were in a camera shop, and uh. they had a camera on us. So we were walking out and back to campus, laughing our ass off. Look at this picture going, we're going to be in Playboy, we're going to be in Playboy. Um, and uh, the police picked us up and, uh, pretty much in the walk home and arrested us for steal for theft of services. Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> I ended up not being able to get like a um, uh, global travel because of that. Like I got arrested for something and I just, I couldn't get the right permits to, to avoid customs. Is that so right? Looked, yeah. Anyways, long story there, but. Uh, not the turkey head story that you were looking for earlier. Turkey, not, that's what it was, not pigs. Uh, and it was a cute yeah, little animal. Yeah, a, 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 a couple crazy moments uh, in the early days, Ethan. Thank you for letting me relive that. Yeah. Hey, um, do you remember uh, on three separate occasions when my lovely daughter was under 10 years old making her cry? Who we are? Uh, so, we're trying to keep this professional. I'm going to go do a shot and tell another story. Uh, yes, no, I could remember twice. I took a lollipop away from her at a wedding. Okay, there's one. Um, and I think I was doing some uh, jujitsu karate moves while hanging from a swing set. <laughs> Well, yeah, but but the reason why she cried was that you broke her swing. You tried to swing on it and you broke the seat. Yeah. Yes, I it, yes, I pulled I pulled down the piece and then promptly drove back to Maine. That's true. Uh, later and, and with wood and and replaced the pieces that I pulled out um, and uh, bought a, a stuffed animal and a box of chocolates. That is very true. And the third time, just to just to put a bow on this one. The third time you made her cry before she was 10 years old was we used to have a tradition of going over to your house. I think it lasted four or five years for New Year's Eve. We'd go over there, have a great time. And I think the last year that we went, you had a huge fire out back. This is your other house, not the one you're in now. And you were running through the coals and like jumping over the coals and just playing with fire in, in a way that. You know, you were obviously amused with everyone else there was amused with, but my daughter was like, "Dad, that guy's gonna light himself on fire!" Don't you understand? And she was bawling. And I'm like, "I know he does this all the time." <laughs> um, so she, but now she has, you know, she she understands that those were all just moments in time, and and uh, it, it's it's all good. That why you guys stopped coming over for um, for the that event? Um, years later. Uh, um, riding my motorcycle through that fire. In fact, had like a uh, pallet set up. Yes. And it caught on fire, but it was also the perfect ramp at the same time. And um, I broke out a dirt bike and I rode up over the pallet. Um, uh, good times, yeah. good times. All right, so the last so three years. Nope. At, at the same time, yeah. um, those moments also, you, you know, taught her some lessons, right? That there are some crazy people out there that, some guys can't be maybe trusted as, as quick as you'd want to. Yep. Right? Uh, dad isn't always the guy that um, is not going to run through fire. <laughs> and the guy who runs through fire may still be in front of your dad. That's um, that's exactly right. That's exactly so, right. Uh, but it's, 
she turned out very well because of those moments. Maybe not, but uh, in general, I didn't keep her out of Yale. No, that, and I think that, look, every, every experience molds you into who you are, and she's a wonderful woman. So I would say that you, uh, even if it's through a weird way, you've got a small part in that. Okay, there's three questions left, and they're all softballs. They're all so, so easy. So first one is, is it true that you lived with the original inventor of smart technology? Oh, boy. Yes. Crazy yes, shit, right? Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and uh, I won't, I won't, I won't say his name, but I will, and I'll just be uh, up. Okay, you can say Andre, it. Yeah, Andre, Cooch, we call him. Cooch. We were in call, and he used to say, "I'm going to invent this wall." It was a smart wall. Yeah, the smart was, system. Just, it was called the smart yeah. system. Smart system is all it was. Yep. And it was kind of all one device that had everything in it. Um, and it was, it was like the 1980s. We just laughed and we said, Coach, who's going to want that big old thing in their house that, that has a, a TV and a camera and you can see your friends and, you know, music all in it and stores. Everybody likes to, you know, that. and we just kind of didn't see it. Right. But he kept talking about it. And no, those were, those were funny days looking back at some of the stuff we didn't have uh, 30 years ago. I think the, the, what you just said is the best way to put it. He saw what nobody else could see. The internet was just becoming a thing. Like we had just gotten email addresses at school and, you know, you could, you could go online, but it was like, you know, dial up modems. But for whatever reason, he was able to visualize, you know, a world where we were going to want to be able to you know, see people through our TV slash computers. The idea of a computer and TV coming together now is commonplace. That's what everybody has with a smart TV. But back then it wasn't. Back then it was just like completely foreign. And even through all the ridicule, he never gave up on the idea of it being a winner. And boy, was he right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking back a little bit more because as I think about the situations, right, and I think there was there was certainly some acceptance to the idea. I think a lot more of the ribbing was that you'll never pull it off, Cooch, um, because he was just a small-time kid in New Hampshire that didn't have all the tech. Like, he, could, he didn't know how to do it. He just he just knew that it should be done. That's that's um, a good way to put it, yeah. Right, and so he, he did have the vision, but not that drive or the technology or the, you know, kind of skills to, to pull off a technical coup like that. Yeah. Um, but kudos for him, right, to see it. And certainly there might have been some of us or moments where, I think because you're right, you talked about it so much, you started adopting at some point. You're right. You'd be like, wouldn't it be nice to have the smart wall right now or whatever, right? You'd be like, yeah, it would be nice to have speakers right there, you know, built in the morning. Like, There'd be one in every room. You'd be like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. And now here it is, Christmas, and I get a, a fake, you know, a TV with a fake fireplace on it, you know, rocking up Christmas tunes. <laughs> yeah, right on. Thank you, Cooch. Hey, uh, speaking of those days, another, this is an easy question, so don't worry about it, but uh, please explain the fiduciary concept and construct of, and I'm quoting now, spend no more. Spend no more. Spend no more. You didn't take spend no more one on one. You know what? I uh, I learned. I I saw it. I, I I saw it from a distance, and I was just so blown away by the concept. So I, I'll tell I'll tell this story because it's near and dear to my heart. So Russ lived in the same place that I did, down the hall, 
And I remember why, and he lived literally, his bed was in a closet in the bedroom, and which was a genius idea because you could close the door. Um, so he was, so I walked into his room and I look around and I see all these like post-it notes and different types of paper with, with the same thing written on them. And it was just spend no more, exclamation point, underline, underline. And it was everywhere. It was on everything. And I'm just like, I go, what? I go, what's going on here, buddy? And you were just like, I can't, I'm, I'm just spending too much money. Got to stop it. So, and I was just like, okay, that's one way to do it. You know, it's just like to put signs up everywhere. I'm not sure if it always worked, but I think that yeah. the, but the, uh, the effort was there to put a stop to unnecessary spending. I should have had. I should have had one of my wallets. That's really where I see it. Um, we spent our last dollar, it seemed like, every day in college. And when I look back, we lived pretty frugally as it was. Oh, shit. Um, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have computers that we would have to break or, or worry about and, and things. Yeah. Um, it, it was cold and it was Plymouth. And there was, you know, very little to, to, to require us to spend money on. But it always seemed like we would spend, you know, that last dollar every day. Um, yeah, that was a good. That was a good memory. I kind of try to live by that a few times. Um, you know, instead of creating a budget, I just tell myself, "Stop spending." That's it. And so it's always, always worked out. I, I use that nowadays. All right, final question. Final question. When are you and I going to Jamaica? Oh boy. You know, I, I, I I've been trying to figure out how to pull that off, Ethan. In fact, I was um, planning on a couple petty crimes. Quick trip to prison, get the shot, right? Because they're giving the prisoner a shot. Okay. Uh, except for the normal taxpayers like me, we got to wait. Um, you know, people are contributing and, and help pay for a lot of the stuff. And so I think I really just got to defer that to um, uh, the powers that be and will give me the shot, the yeah. vaccine. So, so, so uh, the answer really is when you get vaccinated, we can go. Yeah, there's going to be a list of places I need to go once I'm vaccinated and the airport is a, is a safe zone. Uh, and that will anywhere with you will be on the short list. Absolutely. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. So that's the last question. And normally that would be the end of our show. And I would thank our studio audience and I would thank our guests, but there's a little known clause um, with the no outlet podcast. And that clause states on line 27, section two, subsection four, if guest has known host for more than 30 years, he is allowed to ask host two questions. So here we are. Turns out you fit that clause criteria and you can ask the host two questions. So the floor is yours, my friend. Oh, boy, I'm on the spot here because I didn't really read the fine print very well. Um, I bet but, you can do it. Right, so I have a few questions. Um, if you had to go anywhere in life, buy a house if you had a whatever it be hmm, what was your high school quote you kill the Hitler baby uh, have you ever kicked a pigeon it sounds like you, it sounds like you're pretty well prepared to me uh, it sounds like you got a couple of ideas there have you ever had a mayo and ketchup stand? I know the answer to that have you ever have you ever lied on an app application to be a different race oh I do know the answer to that have you ever uh, how about this have you ever defaced um, a religious uh, ornament um, a religious, like yeah. on a tree? You threw up on my Christmas tree. Uh, oh. 
Okay, listen. I don't really consider a Christmas tree a religious ornament, but yes, it, I, I, I definitely. And I also, when I hear defacing, I think spray paint, Sharpie, not in an involuntary, you know, uh, vomiting. But yes, that's it. Look, you can paint this however you want to. I definitely threw up in your Christmas tree. That's true. It was, it was an outdoor Christmas tree uh, for the fans. Okay. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, kick the pigeon. I'm pretty sure that was you who kicked the pigeon. We'll talk no, about that negative, again. never. Um, Rogan or uh, Deerdeck. Uh, no, I think. Uh, let's see. Craziest personality college. Ooh, I think that's Morelli. Let's see. I'm gonna go with. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with my fan favorite. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Ooh, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Good lord. Um, and I'm on record, uh, you know, so crazy can be defined in a lot of different ways, right? So you could say crazy. Uh, I mean, I could easily point out you going into the, the stone wall as crazy because it was, but I'm not sure if I, it would fit the definition the way that you're asking the question. I could also point out your 21st birthday party. That was pretty crazy. Um, Let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fix my question. Please. I'm going to non- craziest thing a what the non-craziest thing a, a non-rust related thing. okay all right so um that's a great question i think the craziest thing i've ever seen if i'm being completely honest is wow i can't believe i'm gonna say this but so i um i was on a flight back when i was me and my my brother and my mother and her boyfriend at the time and her boyfriend's son were on a flight back from Hawaii. Um, this is 1985, 1986. Um, and he's not, she's not with him anymore. Uh, so I can tell this story, but he, um, he had a little episode, um, that was caused by overindulgence of something that was not usually what you do before you get in a plane. And, it, the plane was taxiing down the runway and the fucking guy opened up the um, door that pops out the the slide. And it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, and my my mom, you know, was sitting. We were in a different section. So my, my, my brother goes, my brother goes, it's mom, it's mom. And I'm like, what's mom? And I look up and the whole plane's like freaking out. The plane's stopping. And the doors open and the thing popped out. It was, and this is all pre 9/11, right? This is this is 85, so it was a big deal. But it would have been a way bigger deal um, now. But uh, but yeah, that's probably the, the craziest thing. I mean, I, I'm gonna probably hang up this call and then figure out three or four more things. But that was pretty crazy to watch. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. You always hang up and you you look back, or you always because I've asked a lot of people that question, and um, you always think. I mean, certainly I, I know that. You will look back and say the birth of a person is probably on most people's picture. When you when you ask, oh yeah, well of course, right? You almost don't think about that because you're trying to think of something that's um, uh, not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, course of life. True. Uh, you know, or, or somebody dying, right? You almost never think about birth. But uh, yeah, that'd be a crazy moment. Um, yeah, definitely a good one. Yeah. So listen, Russ, I I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I'm, uh, very, um, my, my crowd here can't even believe it. They're on their feet clapping. Uh, so thank you for being on the show 
and uh, many happy returns. And, le and let's get to Jamaica, okay? Always plan a few weeks, and I appreciate you, and I'm um, humbled by the invite. Thank All right, you. man. Talk to you later. Bye, bye. Bye. See you soon.